We're here at Emergency Medicine Update Conference 2014, and we've got with us Dr. Michael Betzner. He's going to tell us his best case ever, and it's a total surprise to me, so this one's going to be exciting. Mike, first, before we get into that, Mike's a very prominent emergency doctor in Canada. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. I, I'm, uh, I'm a full-time uh, Royal College trained eMERGE doc from Calgary, and uh, that's the basis of my practice, tertiary care uh, center. I'm also a, an air transport physician, the medical director of STARS Air Ambulance, which is a long-established rotary air transfer service in Alberta and Saskatchewan and Manitoba now, and uh, so that's a, a huge part of my practice. And uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of entertaining cases that I come across are as a result of the air transport, and the one I'm going to talk about is, in fact, from there. All right, Mike, let it rip. Let's yeah. hear your best so, case ever. So, you know, it's, it's hard to pick one. We see so many cool things as eMERGE docs. It's quite a privilege as far as I'm concerned. But the one that comes out for me most recently, at least, was a 15-year-old boy who was brought in to eMERGE at a, a small place where we were dispatched to. And essentially, he was brought in in full cardiac arrest, 15 years of old, had collapsed at home, hadn't been seen for five or 10 minutes. It was apparently well early in the day. A bit of a funny story in that he was an autistic boy and had some behavioral issues as a result of that. Anyway, he's brought to hospital in full arrest. And we arrived shortly uh, thereafter because we happened to be sort of flying near the area and, and, and dropped down to help them at their request. And, and essentially, he'd probably been there about 10 minutes when we got there. They're doing CPR on this boy. And he's in and out of what looked like course VF. So, you know, we're basically, you know, doing the standard ACLS type things, which hardly ever work, as everyone knows. And uh, the interesting part of the case was trying like heck to get ancillary history. What's going on with this guy? Has he been sick? Has he had a virus? It, you know, is there any family history, cardiac illness, all that kind of stuff? And, and no one really knew. The parents arrived about uh, 15 minutes into this case, and I quickly uh, went to talk to them to try and get some more information because he was still in and out of VF, and we would get some transient with electrical therapy return of circulation, but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't great. He would go right back into VF again, and it actually had some episodes of torsade as well, which I thought was interesting. And so parents arrived, and, you know, I very quickly asked him, you know, is he on any meds? No, he's not on any meds. Is, you know, has he been sick lately? No, nope, not sick at all. And so I go back to the room, and we're working on him, still in and out of torsade, and it just wasn't adding up, wasn't adding up. We get a gas, and he's acidotic, as you'd expect, going in and out of an arrest like that. pH is sort of 6.9. His K was okay. And, you know, I brought the parents in one more time and I, I, to, to, into the room, because I fully expected I was going to be calling this code. We're sort of 20 minutes in it at this point with transient sort of uh, episodes of a pulse return, but not nothing lasting more than a minute or two. And I asked the parents again, does he have access to any meds? Is there any meds at all? And, and sure enough, eventually it comes out that, well, actually, you know, he has in the past been on some medication. And in fact, he had a procedure the week previously and he had a CT scan done for reasons that weren't clear to me at the time. I think they were working it out for a potential seizure disorder or something. And he had to be sedated for the CT scan. So I said, well, what's the med? And they he didn't know the name of the med. It said that there's these, these they're capsules and they're, they sort of have this, you know, green, sort of blue appearance to these clear capsules, which I'm old enough to remember giving patients pre-CT scan as in pediatrics, especially we used to use chlorohydrate. And chlorohydrate is one of these one-off drugs that you have to know the antidote for, and most eMERGE docs don't. And I've given this case subsequently to all of my residents and most of my colleagues, and, and virtually no one knows the antidote for chlorohydrate. Toxicology is super fun. So, you know, there's lots of unique things about tox cases that, that make it interesting. And, and chlorohydrate is one of the causes of torsade dupont that is sensitive to beta blockade. And you actually give someone in full arrest propranolol. 
which is very counterintuitive. Unusual. And they immediately stop. I've, I've seen three of them now uh, over the years, and uh, this is the most memorable one because you know we're 20 minutes in. He's in and out of torsade. You have transient relief with shocks, but it never lasted. I give the boy one milligram of propranolol as soon as I got this information. Like. 15 seconds or later I'm ordering it, the nurse had to look for it, but got it. Uh, we give it to him and he immediately went into sinus rhythm. It's astonishing, it just bam, stops it. And then we had return of circulation that was maintained. It's a one-off thing that uh, I think all eMERGE docs need to know because it's still used. It's a very toxic drug in overdose. It only takes about somewhere in the range of 2,000 milligrams or 2,500 milligrams to potentially produce toxicity. Independent of electrolyte disturbances, they go into torsade de point. And, and it's kind of like the, you know, the torsade that, you know, that, that people get that have uh, here, you know, I, I forget the, there's long, Ganon-Levine syndrome and, and there's mm -hmm. a couple other congenital versions of torsade that are beta-sensitive versions of torsade and chlorhydrate happens to be another cause of a similar mechanism for torsade. It's not a pause-dependent torsade. It's a direct toxicity of the drug and you treat it with beta-blockade. So normally we might give magnesium. Yeah, it doesn't work and we did that. And you know, I mean, we, we gave mag like it would for torsad, doesn't do yeah. anything. We gave, you know, sodium bicarbonate, thinking, well, maybe he's got a TCA or something. And we said, we're sort of hitting him with toxicologic cocktails. Yeah, but the only thing that works for chlorhydrate, and again, I, I personally had three of them where, the, you know, they're absolutely recalcitrant to any other therapy. You give uh, a little bit of propranolol. You could probably use metoprolol or any beta blocker, but it's traditionally propranolol is the recommended drug because that's what, what's been reported. So one off that all eMERGE docs need to know about. If you ever see chlorohydrate-related poisoning and torsade, uh, make sure, and no matter what their blood pressure is, the treatment is a beta blocker. Right, so chlorohydrate, you had mentioned, it was used for doing the CT scan. Mm -hmm. In what other situations is chlorohydrate used? Yeah, I mean, it's still in? used as a, as a medicine for, um, you know, a sleep aid in old people. And I would say the commonest place I see it is in adolescence with behavioral disorders, mm. it's used, you know, basically to sedate them. I don't agree with that, but it is used in that group of patients still, not widely, but, you know, I've seen it in the last year, three or four times, mostly in the autistic and sort of learning disabled, uh, you know, difficult to control yeah. pediatric crowd is where I seem to be seeing it, uh, rightly or wrongly. Mm -hmm. yeah. The bottom line is if you see someone with decreased LOC and you're suspecting some kind of toxicologic cause yeah. and you see torsad, Besides the usual magnesium. Mag, bicarb, bicarb you know, uh, electrical therapy, the standard ACLS, not, not responding. In the back of your head, think about using beta blockers. Yeah, and it's certainly if you have any history of chlorohydrate ingestion, you, it should be at the front of your cortex as a, as a one-off thing you need to remember. And the other clue occasionally for chlorohydrate is they happen to vomit or you know have an NG or OG put down for other reasons kind of thing, and, and you suck. It looks like... Um, like blue or green sort of antifreeze. I mean, it's, it's a very unique color when you see it, and that can be a clue as well. And I've had that happen a couple of times as well, where we've the patient's real sick and they're getting intubated and they either vomit or they get an NG or OG and you suck back this blue stuff and you go, oh, hang on a second here. Uh, what's going on with that? So it's quite a unique color, and you only see that very early on in the overdose, obviously, because they absorb it so quickly. But uh, remember, torsad and chlorohydrate equals beta blocker. That's my case. And just a reminder for those of you who are getting the best case evers from the iTunes feed, for the full roundtable discussion episodes, they're all available from the emergencymedicinecases.com website. All you need to do is go there, click on the podcast setup on the sidebar, and you can get your automatic downloads of all the episodes and best case evers from there. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about chloral hydrate toxicity and torsade de point, Please put your comments in the comments section on the blog post.
So until next time, take it easy.